Have you ever asked yourself, what does it take for you to turn your passion, your skills, and your expertise into an actual business? Well, this is an episode you don't want to miss because I get to share with you an interview that I participated in on someone else's podcast to share how to really leverage your expertise and skills into a profitable, location-free business. You don't want to miss this episode. going on everyone welcome to another episode of the markeith brayton podcast so excited that you're with me this week for this brand new episode and brand new opportunity for you to receive some value from the podcast i hope that you are being safe and continuing to be steadfast even in the midst of all of the various things that are going on in our country and in this world. But I am one who tries my best to always see the positive in everything and always to look to the possibility of what can be. And so I hope that you keep your mind filled with positive energy and your mind filled with just the possibility of what the world could be because there are so many different things going on to grasp our attention and take our attention off the things that truly are the most important. And that is for us to love one another. That is for us to embrace the differences of one another. And that is to make sure that all people receive justice and equity and equality in this country. And so I continue to remain prayerful and continue to remain motivated and inspired to do my part in ensuring that all people are created equal and that all lives, yes, even black lives matter. But this week, I want to share with you an episode where I was a guest on another person's podcast talking about how to really leverage your expertise into opportunity for yourself. I know that many people have been challenged with unemployment. Some have been challenged with uh, pay cuts on their jobs, and it's caused them to think about what can I do that I'm really passionate about to create income for myself? What can I do to possibly start my own business to create a better lifestyle for myself. Well, this conversation that I have with LaShonda DeBru is a conversation you don't want to miss out on because I'm going to be talking about with her how to leverage your expertise and monetize your personal brand using the skill sets that you already have. Because I did that. I was able to pivot in my career into entrepreneurship by leveraging the skill sets that I already had. And so I hope that this episode, this interview that I did with Ashanda is a blessing and helpful to you along your journey. But before I go, I want to remind you, don't forget to leave us a rating and review of these episodes. I always like to 
read the reviews that you provide and always really like to consider them as I continue to make the podcast better. So please leave that rating or review and also send me an email of topics that you would like for me to cover on the podcast because I want to make sure that I'm addressing things that you find value in and that are helpful to you. I love to read the your emails and your reviews. So without any further delay, let's go ahead and hop into the interview that I did with LaShonda DeBrew on her podcast called Worth to Wealth Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of our Worth to Wealth Podcast. And today we are so excited to have with us Mr. Marquise Braden. He is the brand maximizer, president, and founder of Marquise Braden LLC. And Marquise, why don't you just share with share a little bit more with us about who you are and what you do? Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. First of all, I appreciate you inviting me to share today. But once again, I am Marquise Braden, aka your brand maximizer. I am the president and founder of Marquise Braden and Company, LLC, where we are a digital media and personal brand consulting company, where we work with corporate executives as well as individuals who are professional services providers to maximize and monetize their personal brand. So they shift from being the best kept secret to known and paid for their expertise, because we truly believe that we all have a skill set. We all have an innate talent that people are willing to pay for as long as you have the visibility and you have the digital presence that people can connect with and find you where you need to be. So we're always excited to be sharing on various podcasts just to enlighten people on how do you maximize your brand? And then how do you then turn that brand that you've built into cash? So that's where the monetizing piece comes in in developing a business around your personal brand. Great, great, great. That's beautiful. Um, So when you say, let's back up a little bit, we know you are the brand maximizer, but of course, um, I like to share with the audience from an entrepreneurship perspective, how the guests have basically monetized their skill sets, because, um, you know, um, you hear a lot about getting started, creating your own economy, um, Mm -hmm. doing your own thing, having multiple streams or whatever, but we do know before you see normally the person as they show up today, that's not how they started out or mm-hmm. that's not may, that may be not even ultimately what they set out to do. So can you just share a little bit with us um, how your journey started or how that all has been and um, shaped for you? Right. So my journey began as a speaker. I've always been a speaker teacher. And so I like to tell people I'm a speaker first coach second. And I have that innate gift of being able to uh, tell stories as well as to, you know, capture the thoughts of my audience. And so I started out speaking uh, at colleges and universities as well as uh, high schools and middle schools. And I, I love speaking. I love teaching. I love to see that light bulb go out in the eyes of those who are in the audience. As I began to matriculate uh, from speaking, and let me say this, I was a parallelpreneur at the time, which meant that I did have a full-time job while I was building my uh, speaking business. 
2014, April the 4th of 2014 to be exact, uh, mm-hmm. after working about 10 years in both education and the public health uh, industries, I was laid off my job. And I had the oh, wow. opportunity to make a decision to either go back and get a new job and continue to be a parallelpreneur or bet on myself and launch out into the deep and start my business. Well, so I decided okay. to start my business. Okay. But before, so you were already out there on the speaking circuit mm-hmm. um, before you were laid off. But were you a paid speaker at that time? Had it already, were you already, um, I guess, um, procuring a fee for that? Or were you just, you know, because a lot of us have been mentors or whatever, or and or, you know, we were doing things for free just because of that passion, purposing us getting caught up in the passion of it. Right, right. So were you already getting paid to do that? Had it already evolved to that before you were laid off or? Well, actually, by that time, I was getting paid to speak. So okay. when I when I talk about the whole idea of maximizing your personal brand, what I really help uh, individuals do is to shine. And that is the acronym or the, the business model that I use to teach my clients okay. on how to maximize and monetize their brand. And so that first uh, S in shine... Uh, really speaks to one being able to uh, share the gift that they have. And when I say the gift, it's the innate gift that you have. And, And I'm saying this to say that early on, I identified the gift of speaking early on. And so my very first paid speaking engagement, I was a sophomore in college where I my, the United Methodist men of my church brought me home to Nashville. I spoke maybe 15 minutes and I was given a check for $250. Right. Oh, wow. And so at that point, when that happened, I knew that speaking was what I wanted to do, whether it be on the side or full time, that I was going to pursue this opportunity to really be able to speak professionally and, and to, really enlighten and empower other individuals to to walk in purpose, to connect with their innate gifts and talents to create opportunities for themselves. So by the time uh, I got laid off in 2014, I had done plenty of speaking engagements where I were was getting paid. Okay. And so, and then from there, then, but obviously nobody is ever really prepared. Right to be laid off or to hear that, even though in our minds, um, even with us doing the parallelpreneur thing or whatever, and um, what they say, moonlight and all of that, but we still know it's a mental shift (laughs) and it's still like almost a wake up call or slap in the face when they, it actually happened. So I don't, I'm not sure if you saw that coming or not. And obviously you were just in a position, you know, to say, okay, then now I'm going to just take this opportunity to Mm -hmm. leap. Yeah. But here's mm -hmm. the story behind all of that. Quite honestly, for about 10 years, I was educated, master's degree in public health, biology degree. However, I was just doing what I was taught. Mm -hmm. Get a job. I mean, get a good education, Mm -hmm. go to school, get an advanced degree, Mm -hmm. get a good job, have great benefits, have great salary and live. Right. 
but I really wasn't taught the foundation or the philosophy behind do what you love. And so all 10 of those years, I was working great jobs, but I was unfulfilled. I was working at great jobs and getting paid great money, but I would come home and say, there's more, right? And I began to really hone in on what it was that I truly loved doing, which was speaking, teaching, educating, sharing uh, information that I have learned to, to help other people along their journey. And so I had began to prepare my mindset for a career transition or a professional transition so that I could do more of what it was that I loved doing. It just so happened that I got laid off before I actually was fully prepared to take the launch. Leap. Or it, right. right. And so right. the layoff was the catalyst for me just to say, okay, it's my time to, to, to try this out. It's my time to step out on faith. It's my time to, you know, make that transition. Was it an easy transition? Absolutely not. I ended up going into full-time ministry uh, at, uh, at, right after the layoff, about a year after the layoff to, you know, once again, become that parallelpreneur, but I was really more specific with what I was going to do. I needed to find something that allowed me to be very flexible. Okay. And then I needed Mm -hmm. to find something that was going to allow me to leverage and utilize uh, my gifts and talents to the fullest, which I didn't have in my previous career. Okay. So, so just so we won't lose that, that's very Mm -hmm. important. So um, even though you, you went on to pick up another job, Mm -hmm. basically what it was, you picked that up with a different mindset. Different mindset, absolutely. So, um, different and mindset and a different different mindset and a different perspective of what I, I wanted, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that that next job that I had, quote unquote, which I really don't consider it a job because I was fully operating in my space, right? Even in um, that position, in even that in position? that even okay. in that position, because I went. The, uh, went to the pastor, had a conversation about what I wanted. If I were going to come and okay. work with the church for the church in ministry full time, this was how it was needed to look. You know, I didn't want to have to be at the church all the time. I needed the flexibility to, if I needed to travel to do certain things. Um, as a minister, speaker, coach, I, I wanted the flexibility to be able to do that. And then I just needed, you know, some level of autonomy. Mm-hmm. And he agreed to all of those things. And so I became the, the minister of marketing and communications for the church, as well as the special assistant, ministry assistant to the senior pastor, working with him on uh, expanding his brand digitally as well. And so it really worked out great. So, um, and we all know, um, well, for any of you are, that, are, that are listening to this, um, we're, we're now in the time dealing with the coronavirus and being laid off, um, different people being laid off and or let go, businesses closed, basically everything is just shut down, right. except for the essential things. So just with you even speaking now, talking about uh, being laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, even though no matter when they're hearing this, it could be later, but they still could have been impacted by it. Right. 
So in being laid off, it doesn't mean that it's the end, even though we know that this is different than anything we've ever seen with, you know, mm-hmm. um, 80% of whatever being shut down as far as the movement. But saying that to say that um, still, there's still a way for you to um, have a different perspective about it, you know, to that there are new opportunities and that opportunities mm-hmm. will be there, they will come. You know, um, you may have to pivot, which is right. what you did. Um, right. You did not just go full-fledged, but if you could mm-hmm. have, you didn't go full-fledged into entrepreneurship. You took a position, but you took that still with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And basically um, with you controlling the whole setup and the outcome of that, because mm-hmm. you knew at that point that that was your chance, opportunity to still do what you love. And you understood at that point for you how important it was for you to operate, right? You Knowing your passion, you know your purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I I need to say. Even now, after being full time in entrepreneurship um, mm-hmm. the last two years, um, because I no longer am at the church. I, I left mm-hmm. the church July or June of 2018, and so okay. June of this year will be two years for me full time. So you transitioned out. Was that a plan? We get to that. It was not necessarily a plan. It wasn't a plan. Let me say that. I have not been the best planner, but there was great momentum in the business where I knew that I could step out. Right. Okay. It wasn't necessarily planned, but I had some momentum. But what I was going to say was this, was that you are still an entrepreneur even if you have a full-time job. Hello, hello, because it's about the work of your hands. It's your hands. Right, and entrepreneurship does not mean that you own your own business and you're full-time. It can mean that, but it also can mean that you have a business on the side and work full-time. And that's why I coined that whole parallelpreneurship word because, and I believe Mm -hmm. I learned it from somewhere. I just can't remember where I got it. It's, it's all this, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all it's simply saying is, is that you have a full-time job, a dual role, you, a dual role. You have a full-time job where you may, that full-time job may be the, uh, not the beneficiary, but they may be the, the, the lender or the donor Correct. Correct. for the full-time the investor for your business. Yeah. The investor. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. what you want to do ultimately, if you, have the opportunity to do if you have the strategy to be able to do it your hope is is that your business ultimately replaces correct full-time income that you get from a job and now you have a decision to make you can keep doing them both or you can now say i can support myself with my business let me put all my time in the business and that's where i was at the road of of being in full-time ministry and entrepreneurship. Because what people really don't realize is that pastors and ministers who are in ministry, they are actually considered small business or entrepreneurs when it comes to tax taxes Most because yeah. they, mm-hmm. they pay their own social security, they pay their own you know retirement, all of that. Many of them do, especially mm-hmm. those maybe at the more larger churches. Um, they are to some degree, and I'm not a tax professional, but I talk to my pastor a lot, to some degree, uh, how he files taxes is very similar to an entrepreneur who runs a business. It is, yeah. You know, I'm a CFO of yeah. a church. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And a minister, but yeah, basically so. Yeah, they do. And you have some, like you said, who are 
W-2, but they still, you know, have um, the option and that, and, and they still basically function and operate right, right. as a business. And even if they are W-2, they're still doing a dual thing as well, because of course, with them mm-hmm. going out preaching and speaking and right. doing all of that, you know. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so it was a great experience for me. Um, and not having a plan, maybe there are some days where I think I don't have regrets, but I do have what I call reviews. That's good. That had I known what I know now, two years removed, I probably should have stayed a little bit longer. Uh, but what, what I was thinking at the time was this, was that the business was making just about the same amount that I was making at the church and I was being paid very well at the church. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, was that if I had all of my time to invest in the business, I should be able to double the income, which right. had not been necessarily true okay. <laughs> in these last two years. However, mm-hmm. you know, now that I we're experiencing coronavirus and all of the various things going on, I think to myself, wow, it would be good to still have had that church income and mm-hmm. not having to just rely on my business income. Because here's what I believe today. Okay. And here's what I think people should get out of this whole experience of coronavirus and uh, the economic impact that a virus, an unseen enemy to yeah. the world, right? Yeah. An unseen yeah. enemy to the entire world What I gather from this experience is one, that you should never rely on one income. One thing. You should never rely on one income. And so if you are a full-time employee, you should always be having some type of entrepreneurial endeavor that you're pursuing to create another stream of income, as well as having investments. You know, because I just heard today those who did have investments or those who did have retirement accounts, they can use that money uh, without penalty during this time, right? If they get into a situation. They can withdraw without having the tax uh, penalty on it. Without having a tax penalty. They'll still be taxed on that, but not having the additional 10% penalty with an early withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is, is that we all need to be thinking about what will be my streams of income. And I like to use the, a biblical example of uh, the Garden of Eden, I believe it had seven different rivers that flowed into it, right? And so if seven different rivers flowed into the garden to provide its sustenance, then I believe we should have seven different rivers flowing into our household incomes as well. Hello, yes. Hello. I mean, yeah, I'm saying hello and yes at the same time. (laughs) So, but, and the other part to that is, and when you are in position of having an overflow that yes. you do need to have a reserve or, mm-hmm. you know, have your mm-hmm. buckets where you mm-hmm. are um, saving emergency, whatever, whatever, however it is. But the pole point of that is, is just not um, spending in right. excess and mm-hmm. all of what you make, making sure it's allocated mm-hmm. to the I different was, uh... areas. I was with my mother today, not to get off topic, and mm-hmm. it was just a blessing because she's she's retired, and uh, the fact of the matter is is that uh, economically she's not feeling any of this. Why? Because she prepared herself. She the only bill she has is 
a mortgage and she only has that mortgage because she pulls money out of her own house to, mm -hmm. you know, fix things or to remodel things. But mm -hmm. she, she, she owes way less than the amount of the house is worth. She has no car note. She has no other debt. And every month her retirement checks come. And I, by the end of the yeah, month, whatever. she still has half of that left by the end That's of the good. month. That's so great. That's it's, great. Uh, it's a great, great thing to know that when you save, invest, have other streams that are coming in, then when crises like this come, entrepreneurs, small business owners, that you don't, it doesn't impact you in a way uh, that many people who are not prepared. Right. And churches um, too, right? Churches too. <laughs> we can just park that right over here in the churches too. But, and just that it does not cripple you to the point mm -hmm. of, you know, you've already, you're already facing the challenge, but then you're not just fearful, you know, um, which we right. know you shouldn't be, but you're just not fearful because man, you've been caught off guard. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, you're fearful because of the unknown and you don't have anything else or mm -hmm. you have not um, exercised right. the option to do anything else. Right. But going back to what you were saying about now that we're here, you know, that has what, it, well, it has reminded you as well that, okay, I probably could have stayed a little bit longer, but even staying a little bit longer wouldn't been wouldn't have been just staying. Mm -hmm. But obviously mm -hmm. you, like you said, maybe um, working on your plan more or having a plan, right. planning it out right. more mm -hmm. um, with that. So in hindsight, you're like, okay, I would have definitely worked on a mm -hmm. better strategy or had that plan, um, right. a better plan in place. A better plan. Taking a plan is... Plan is always good. Plan is always good. Mm -hmm. Now, I had the money, right? I had the three, four, five months worth of uh, emergency okay. money in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But once again, my, my whole point is, is that never rely on one street. On one thing. On and one and thing. never over leverage yourself. Never and folks will say, um, they say entrepreneurship is scary and whatever. But as we can see, having a job can be just as scary. <laughs> because if it's just that one thing right? and no one ever thought that anything like this uh, could or would happen for those that weren't already working for private firms or in a contractor position or whatever, mm -hmm. if you were with the government and those other um, stable companies who had contracts with them, even though we know that that's still flowing out here, but at the same time, everyone has had to take a cut and a step back. That's right. Um, from somewhere, uh, somewhere or from where they were, and now everyone is online, mm -hmm. you know, which is different from anything yeah. we've ever seen. So, you know, even with that, a lot of folks weren't even prepared, you know, um, as That's well true. as some of the major corporations and everything, because they just weren't of that mindset, were not prepared to go and to be online. Mm -hmm. You know, some folks were already teleworking, but you had a lot of people because due to control, didn't want their folks to be teleworking or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, right. but now that they were forced to and they're trying to continue the operation, some of them have been impaired by that because of now the new tools, technology and all of that, that they've had to have gotten up to speed on. So saying all that to say that still, you just never put all of your eggs in one basket. And, but, you know, even with where you are now, we're still not at a lost cause. If you're living mm -hmm. and breathing, 
Yeah. You know, this is this challenge presents an opportunity for you to really now say, okay, what is it now that I was thinking about doing that mm -hmm. I thought I didn't have time to do mm -hmm. or that I didn't want to do or whatever? You now all of those what ifs and even the fear and all of that has been removed. Your net has yeah. been removed. <laughs> removed yeah. the fence yeah. is all that's down now. And I, you know, and, and I have to excuses. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have to admit that I'm feeling it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling it in the sense that I realized that I really didn't, and, and I was feeling it before COVID-19. Okay. Actually, I was feeling it okay. towards the beginning of the year, and I really didn't. But feeling didn't. it how, though? Can we talk about that? What do you mean by that, though? So because your business um, had started. Um, well, that's what I'm about to say. So what I began to feel was, was that I had not created a business. I was just self-employed. That's good. Okay. All right. I was feeling that I had not created a business, but I was just simply self-employed and they're two different things. Okay. And what, what I began to realize was that what was lacking in what I thought was a business was systems and processes that I didn't really have the proper systems and processes to keep that continuous flow of prospects and clients, prospects and clients, prospects and clients. And okay. what I really began to do, I would begin to read and fully understand what's a business. A business at the end of the day should be able to operate and run without okay. you. Yeah. If your business can't run, or operate without you is not really a business. And I, you know, that that's a word right there. That's a word. <laughs> um, because again, and and this is what I think with people who where we when we go into entrepreneurship, we then have, I mean, we start out running full steam full speed ahead you all excited because it's something new and oh i'm doing me and you know got my own thing or whatever so you think but you ain't really got your own but you know i got my own thing doing it or whatever but it's just like a hamster wheel right because you just running and you busy and you just doing things and yeah you could be getting money getting income or whatever but especially if you are still doing a dual thing par mm -hmm. parallelpreneurship or whatever so yeah, it's feeding and funneling into some things, but it's not taking care of the main thing or some of the main things. Mm -hmm. And you're still going and spending and we back to, you don't have a plan. You don't have a strategy, you know, for really what the business, what you really want the business to look like. Now you have something to get out there and yes, it starts off and it is a hobby. It's right. meant to supply your travel needs. It's meant, you know, to do some extra things or whatever. That's all going good. But again, where we get stuck is because when you start talking and using those buzzwords, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I have a business, I'm running a business, I'm doing whatever. And then you really start believing it. And then when the time comes that you really need something from it and or you start getting, um, not you don't get caught up and get more work than what you have, but you realize that it's creating more of a bottleneck for you or you are a bottleneck to the business because you can't really ramp up or do some other things like you need to do. And it does not support you like you need it to support you or whereas you need to hire other people or you need to outsource more of what you're doing 
or whatever, you can get caught in that trap. And then folks start feeling like, oh, for real, well, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. Like, really, that's mm. not what I want to do. Yeah. You know, but that's because you're really not, we didn't set it up as a business and you as didn't have business. the systems and the processes mm. and all that, which comes along with it. So yeah, that, that's, that is to be done in phases, but mm -hmm. it's important for folks to understand that when they start out in the beginning and have realistic expectations. Right. And I'm glad that I got there. I'm glad that I got there at yeah. at, at yeah. year two, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not at year five and like, oh, I hate this. And so what right. I'm doing now is what because that didn't make you say that you wanted to stop doing right. it, but right. that just a light bulb went off and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I need to be working on this now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it made me say I don't like this. Okay. I don't like, like the what? clients I'm working with. Right? Oh, okay. I don't okay. like how much of myself I have to exert for it to keep running, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't like the uh, the demand or the hustle. Because you realize and, too that that's what you will be doing now for the rest of your life if that's absolutely. what you allow to keep going on. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so then I that's got when you coaching, really like, right? yeah, I'm not yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. I got coaching, and I, I hired a coach that mm -hmm. teaches on that you shouldn't have to hustle to have a successful business who teaches on really looking at your pricing and charging what you're worth, who teaches on the idea of being able to have a six figure cash flow business mm -hmm. who teaches on how to profit first mindset shift. That's good. Right, right, right. And so as I shifted my mind and that's running a business, that's a yeah, business. Mm -hmm. the, my perspective began to change about what I was doing. And okay. so now I have the great opportunity to in this time, I mean, we got the next 30 days. Is that really. when the brand maximizer came into play though? Yeah, the brand, the whole personal um, branding piece came into place. Because you were speaking at first. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what I realized is, is that the greatest asset that we all have, whether you are an employee, whether you are an entrepreneur, small business owner, political person, yeah. the greatest asset we have is us, is you. Mm -hmm. You are your greatest asset. Within you are the, the right skills that you need in order to succeed. The only question is, is that that, that worth? That's their right. work. Their work do do work, people yeah. know what it is that you do? That's, That's it, good. right? Do people know what it is that you do? Do people know how you solve the challenges that they have? Do people know that you have the skill sets that you have? And that's how I really got into this idea of really being a personal brand expert and really helping people to get in alignment. What I believe personal branding really is, is helping people to get in alignment with who they authentically are. And then shining that light on who they authentically are so that people can identify how they can help them. And just give us just some key things that they can do to help mm -hmm. them to get into that light so people know who they are. Right. And so I'll give you the, the shine method in mm -hmm. uh, the Cliff Notes part, and that is shine. So you need to be specific about what it is that you want. How spe specific are you about what you want your life to be? What type of business you really want to start? Who are you? Are you specific about who you are? Are you specific about your values? Are you specific about uh, you, your goals and dreams? 
Because if we're not specific, then it's very difficult for us to get to the destination that we want to go to. The H in shine, and it's, it's found in the scripture in Matthew that says, let your light so shine that men shall see your good work that you may glorify the Father. And so at the end of the day, the shine has nothing to do with arrogance. It has everything to do where people can see the work that you're doing so that God ultimately can get the glory. The H is to hone the gift. Now that I'm specific about what I want, who I am, what gifts I have, what talents I have, who I want to serve, what values I have, now I need to hone the thing, practice the thing that it is that I say I can do well. And how do I know this? There are three questions that I, I tell people to, to, to write, but one in specific that helps you to identify what is it that you need to hone. And that is what comes easy to you, but hard for other people. Mm. What mm. comes easy to you, but hard for other people. That thing right there, is what you should be honing. For me, it's speaking and teaching. That if somebody called me uh, right now and said, hey, I need somebody to come and speak to these kids or can give a presentation uh, in an hour from now, I can easily do it. Give me the topic. I'll come up with some points and I'll come and do it comes easy to me but maybe hard for other people right 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 but that's they, too because of the brand maximizer so you'll be speaking from that that's that right. topic or that area right the i in sign inspire or inspiration who is it that you want to inspire who's sitting in the seats who's on the other side of the virtual computer who's on who's on the other side of whatever it is that you're providing how will you inspire them to action how, you, how will you inspire them to do business with you? How will you inspire them to contact you? The N is notoriety. We're specific about where we want to go, who we are, what values we have, what our talents and gifts are. We're honing that gift so that we can become the expert, the, the preferred person in that area. We're inspiring people now right? We're inspiring them in different ways, whether that be through Facebook Live, whether that be through trainings, workshops, what have you. But notoriety, the end and shine is notoriety. What is notoriety? That's really visibility. Who knows what it is that you do? Who knows what it is that you do? Notoriety. If nobody knows what you do, they can't hire you to do it. That's a tweetable. If nobody knows That's what you do, nobody, they can't hire, they you, can't to hire you to do it. <laughs> they can't hire you to do it. And then the E can be a couple of things, but you have to be an evangelist of what it is that you do. If nobody, if nobody is going to promote you, then you need to be your greatest promoter until people start For promoting sure. you. You Bar need to be your greatest uh, marketer if nobody else is going to market for you until they market for you, until they do the word of mouth for you. So you need to evangelize what it is that you do. And however you do that, 
whether it be a Facebook Live, whether that be through podcasting, whether that be through blogging, you've got to be evangelist of your own message so that you can share Ma'am, but how did you get comfortable with that? Because, you know, you have folks that are not comfortable with mm-hmm. um, doing the Facebook Lives or they're not comfortable mm-hmm. with speaking, definitely, in front of folks or whatever. Um, so, and I know you've evolved as your business has evolved or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some things, I'm, I'm sure, just like um, what I would be, what I've thought of with some things, of course, you get to a certain point where you just can't avoid it anymore and you have to do it to get out there if you want to keep moving in your business. But um, you seem to be everywhere. So you podcasting, then you outside when you go out there, you incorporate it in your daily life for real. So you are able to get it in. But how did that happen or come about for you? Well, once again, it's about that being specific about who you are, what your talents and gifts are, and then honing it. So for me, it came easy because all I was doing was leveraging what I did well. So it may not necessarily be video for you. So you were tech savvy already. Right. So with the tools yeah. and things. So, so another gift that I honed outside of being an innate natural speaker, a teacher, the other gift, I, I pick up on things really quickly. Okay. when it came to tech, right? If you give me a video and, and it takes you step by step, I can pick it up quickly. Okay. And so what I realized was that in order for me to be seen, be heard, so I can get paid, then I needed to adopt the avenues, the technologies, or the tools that were going to help me to do that. Do you need to do all of them? Excuse me. No, mm-hmm. you don't need to do all of them, but you need to pick one. And the one that I picked originally uh, back in 2015 was podcasting. Podcasting, okay. what did it do? It helped me to leverage the gift of speaking. It helped mm-hmm. me to use it more because all podcasting is, is audio, ultimately. Right. You sharing information with others that they have access to via Which their Which is what you all are listening to now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so, but somebody else that may not be speaking, it might be blogging. Now, is blogging still relevant and is it still as demanding or as marketable as some of the others maybe not but there's still people who make money blogging but you've got to de- you've got to decide what's going to be your primary marketing tool for me right now it's it's really video podcasting so what i did was i took what i was doing and since video is taking off and many of the searches are video i decided well what i'm going to do is I'm going to try my best to video record every oh, podcast, video mm-hmm. record every podcast, so that I have content that I can share across multiple pro- platforms. Because here's one thing that we all have to do, and I learned it uh, in the church. Other people may have learned it other 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 places, but we have to be as close to who God is as we possibly can as as humans. And so what I'm saying is, is that we have to learn how to be omnipresent too. (laughs) Be everywhere. 
everywhere. They be everywhere. And the only way that I knew how to become or be everywhere was to produce content that can be shared everywhere. So this is what I thought. Just when you say that, then this is what I thought about mine. Um, because again, we listening to the podcast. Some may be listening to the audio. We record by video, by Zoom. Right. Um, now, even though I'm uploading it on the platform for podcasts, I thought about taking a video and sharing it within my group. Mm-hmm. Not putting it on my main page, but just sharing it in my group. And either doing that or doing clips from it or whatever. Correct. But putting that in my group, yeah. Correct, correct. Okay. And so what I do is after I record, some of them I do live. Uh, if you have uh, followed me any, you know that the past week or so, I've tried to do a live every day. Well, what I do is I may do the live on my profile page where I find, feel like I get the most engagement. But then the omnipresent comes in where I upload that live for the next day to my other pages on Facebook, to Periscope, to Twitter, hopefully LinkedIn soon. The one that you did on your main page. Right. I will upload You download that. and then upload into the other platform. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so I upload it into a tool called OneStream that automatically will play it live. Broadcast it to those other places or whatever. Right. And then you're still, that's the next day for that, but then you're still over here on the current day, still just doing another live on your mm-hmm. main page or whatever. Okay. Right. And then your podcast, of course, you record them. That's And, and one you, comes out every Wednesday. Okay. Lord, it's a lot. It's a, I'm here to tell you people, it's a lot now. But um, so in doing this, and like you said, um, a few minutes ago that you understood or you became very aware of where you were in your business and mm-hmm. you know as far as you having to shift and make sure you implemented systems and processes or whatever so even before um the COVID you know came about mm-hmm. you already felt that so right. with that in order for you to maintain and keep moving and to have your momentum what did you do other than your systems and processes you just with that, and of course, you were um, well. I'm still in the, I'm still in the midst. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the midst of. So doing. you're just continuing to show up, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which enables you to get before those who right. need you, um, and mm-hmm. and you just so. And I was just saying that to say, or bringing that up to say, with those who are listening, that you know, it's just all of that is about pivoting, you know, shifting, but just keep moving. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you cannot stop. You can't give up. You know, trust the process. Trust the process. Moving. And not that you wouldn't have to still, like you said, go back, pick yeah. up something else or whatever. But if you are really on this mission to um, be in entrepreneurship and to do this, then you do have to keep moving. And that's what others have done that you've seen and that you mm-hmm. are hearing now from my Keith is that they've just kept moving, you know. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, in all transparency that uh, in the pivot, I have had to do uh, contractual things or things that didn't necessarily force me to have a schedule. So for example, I would drive, I drove Uber or Lyft, right? Mm-hmm. Or I substitute talk when I wanted to. These were, these were, th- these were opportunities where I didn't necessarily have to go every day if, or I could pick and choose when I needed to go. If I needed to 
pay a bill, right? You know, if if the business wasn't bringing in enough money that particular month while I'm in mm-hmm. the pivot, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I ask myself, well, what are the things that I can do where I still own my time? And no one should still should feel ashamed, even if they have oh, to do no, it. Because that's the no, same thing you absolutely. would do if you were in a traditional thing, nine to five. You would mm-hmm. be doing that, and then that, that's no different than when you were going part time at Walmart, yeah, Target, yeah, or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, or you were out there driving Uber after you worked. Well, let me tell you, I, I am not ashamed to tell nobody that <laughs> I drove Uber or Lyft because there were some months. I would make anywhere between two, three, four thousand dollars driving Uber. Wow, Lyft. wow! Because I live in I live in a tourist city, so yeah, you in Nashville, easy, right? Yeah. Right, I could. It was yeah. easy for me to make quick right. money, right? You know, using my car now, it can put some miles on your car. But at the end of the day, what I was trying to do was still own my time. And I, you know, I had a note, you owned your time, but not only that, um, that still was, um, that was, uh, that was opportunity in the challenges It's just your perspective and how you look at it. And, um, again, trusting the process, trusting the process, you know, um, listening, you know, meditating or whatever, because it will come to you, you know, if you were just able to be in a state of receiving and abundance mm-hmm. and all of that, and just knowing, okay, you, you're walking, um, you're on the right track and walking the right path, but, yeah. you know. Alignment is key. Alignment. That, that's the word, alignment. Yeah. Alignment so that, is key. That's really good. Um, I mean, what I think we have touched and tapped on a few things. <laughs> So basically, um, one last thing. Um, so how do you, I guess now, um, stay prepared or functioning mentally? Like, um, how do you prepare, maintain, sustain? You know, mm-hmm. so now, especially that you're going, not before COVID, but obviously you were in your mm-hmm. old COVID phase before this. Mm-hmm. So now how were you, how were you functioning basically daily? Well, carry so out, carry here, here's the great thing. Mm-hmm. that uh, one of the things I was speaking about was not being over leveraged. So I never did quote unquote upgrade my lifestyle, even though I was making money. So the same townhouse I bought when I was 27 years old is the same townhouse I live in to date. Listen you know? people, listen. <laughs> and the great thing, even in this COVID situation, and some people, you know, may think, well, you're limiting yourself, this, that, and the other. Well, when I think about what we're experiencing right now, I'm really not, you know, because what I what I know for sure is that I can go pay, I can go get, do anything and make $600 to pay my mortgage. But, and you have to know you too, though, and know yeah. your limits and yeah. know, you know, know your thresholds or whatever. Yeah. Right. You know, and so... Uh, even in this experience, while I'm trying to pivot and um, really trying to move uh, forward with the business, uh, the great thing is, is that I'm not over leveraged, that I can meet my expenses, um, even though the business has kind of dwindled down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But here's, here's, a, here's something that I'll leave with the audience that I really believe God share with me as it pertains to this experience. And in my time of devotion, what the Lord told me was that this was a season of reset. 
a season of resetting. Yes. A season for you to think about what was before and what you want moving towards the future. And it's an opportunity to reset and to pick up those things that you may have set aside and felt like you never had time to, to get to. Now it's time to dust it off. Reset and, reset. and reassess. And reassess. Okay, That's right. That's yeah. good. This is a time for you to uh, start maybe writing that book that you've been saying that you wanted to write. Uh, this is a time for you to be still and ask yourself, am I really in alignment with my yeah. purpose, yeah. with what it is that I wanted to do? You know, many of you may have been laid off. This is a time for you to really evaluate, you know, if I w didn't really love what I was doing, if I didn't really like the job that I was working, now that I've been laid off and given this time, this blessing, because you have to look at it as a blessing and not as something that came to harm you, but came to help you. What now yeah. can I yeah. do? What now can I do? What decision can I make in moving forward? Now, I know that everybody, uh, situation is different. Some people have families, kids, and things that they have to right. take care of. Right. But that right. still doesn't mean that you can't take the time out to think about, how do I want to move forward from here? And I'm going to do, I'm going to, try my best to squeeze in a, a Bible study live uh, tonight. But one of the things that I was thinking about, I was reading this morning about uh, the story of Moses' encounter with God when God was calling him to speak to Pharaoh. And Moses had the staff in his hand. And God asked him what was in his hand. And he told Moses to throw the staff down on the ground. Now here, I just, I skipped over this so many times. I skipped over this so many times, but today it was illuminated. And it said that the staff turned into a snake and Moses got scared. And here's what I believe the Lord was speaking to me. Many of us are not moving forward and progressing in what we want to progress in because we're scared of the gift God gave us. And it's in your hand. And it's in your hand. Are you hearing me? That but some folks don't even know what's in their hand. Right. They don't <laughs> know like what's the in their hands. The but many people, hand. yeah, yeah, many people do know, but they are afraid of what level of responsibility and what level of success will come with using the gift. They do know, but then also it's about that perspective. Because again, yeah. he had the staff in his hand. He's looking at it as they stick or whatever, but not mm -hmm. what it could be or, or right. just with God trusting him, trusting mm -hmm. God when he said, you know, thought that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we have to become comfortable in who we are. We have to be confident in what we've been given and we have to be brave to move forward in what we're called to do in spite of all that's going on. Trusting the process. Mm -hmm. Trusting the process. All right, Mr. Marquis, that, that, this has been very good. I thank you for all that you've shared and um, poured into yeah, the audience. And I hope everyone has received something from this. There was, there was more than a few nuggets dropped um, in him sharing today and in his conversation. Can you tell them more about how they can find you and where and how they can connect with you? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You can find me at my website at markeithbraden.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-I-T-H, Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N.com. If you are interested in uh, being notified of workshops, trainings, different things like that in the area of personal brand, personal development, and digital presence, you can text the word brand me. That's all one word, brand me to 77222. That'll add you to my email list so that you'll know what's going on with me and on all social media accounts, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And I am at Markeith Brayton, at Markeith Brayton. Well, all right. And thanks again for everyone um, joining us and listening to our podcast. And we will see you on the next recording. Thanks. Bye-bye. 